Hello, and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geis, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Frank Ford, an independent consultant with the MGMA Healthcare Consulting Group. He focuses on organizations with needs related to physician compensation plan assessment and development. Frank was formerly the Vice President of Physician Services for a not-for-profit hospital, as well as a Vice President in the Physician Network of the third largest public health system in the country. Frank is here with us today to talk about how you can assess your compensation plan and make changes if necessary. Frank, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me, first of all. My pleasure. Um, first, can you just talk a little bit about uh, your your background and your experience? Yes. my uh, I've got about 30 years worth of experience in uh, mostly in physician practice operations, but also in consulting. Uh, most of my background is in running physician practices for integrated delivery systems. So I was uh, vice president in uh, what was then Carolina's Physicians Network, part of Carolina's healthcare system uh, for about 11 years, and then went to uh, Mission Health System in Asheville uh, to start up their physician uh, network and got that organized. Uh, Have spent a lot of time during this process on uh, physician employment, hiring physicians, acquiring physician practices uh, to be a part of the a health system, which has a lot to do with physician compensation, physician contracting, stark regulations, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and since I, I have, I've been working probably about five years, both as a independent consultant with my own company and also uh, through MGMA's healthcare consulting group. And in that practice, I've focused pretty much on, on helping both private practices and health systems, primarily on compensation-related issues, whether it's an analysis of their current system, helping them to develop a new system to meet, meet the goals that they're, and objectives of their practice, uh, and also get into some kind of offshoots of things like compensation for call, Benefits structuring, some of that sort of thing as well. Great. Um, So, in your experience, uh, what would you what do you feel like are the most common issues that administrators deal with when it comes to compensation? Uh, The most challenging thing I think and drives issues related to to uh, groups and administrators wanting to change their compensation model or questioning their compensation model is when physician behavior doesn't align with the goals and objectives of the organization. So all of us, whether we're administrators, whether we're health system executives, whether we're physicians or staff, tend to respond to how we're compensated. So if we're paid a certain way, if we have bonus structures a certain way, we have incentives a certain way, but the organization says do something else, we're probably, most of us tend to uh, actually perform related to the things that are designed in our compensation plan. So if you have a compensation plan that pays doctors a flat salary, but you're trying to get them to produce more, you may have a hard time getting that increased production when they're not going to get paid anything else for it. 
Uh, same thing happens if you pay doctors purely on production, but now you're getting into macro, you're getting into quality measures, you're trying to get the doctors to participate with the health system in developing new pro- new programs, uh, and they're not getting paid based on that. They're getting paid based on producing RVUs. So a lot of the work, a lot that we see, a lot of the questions that 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 we see with our clients is that they're either misaligned in the way that they're compensating their doctors and what they're trying to do, or they're trying to get the doctors to expand to do more in a certain area, and then they want to develop a compensation, uh, want to tweak their comp- compensation plan. To meet those objectives. Um, so, if a if a administrator is is thinking about um, changing their compensation plan, what are the what are the signs that they really need to? Is it when it's really just misaligned with their goals, or are there other things that they really need to be looking out for in regards to compensation? Well, for me, the first thing I would ask is why are you looking at it? Mm-hmm. Most most administrators are so busy with the things that they've got going on day in and day out, that they're not out looking for problems. Um, and if your compensation plan uh, is, if it appears to be working okay, if you're looking for something to go get involved in, don't pick this one. Um, because, because when you start screwing with people's pay, they get upset, okay? Whenever you change compensation plans, there are always winners and losers. Sure. It's just the nature of the business. And so don't go into this unless you've got a problem that you're trying to fix. Now, the, the, a good indicator is that this is the problem that you need to fix is if you've got doctors that are doing things that are inconsistent with the way that the group wants to operate. Okay. The, you know, whether it's a health system whether it's a, a, a three-physician practice, if you've got doctors who are not, um, what they're doing every day is inconsistent with what it is that you want them to be doing, then this is something you need to look into. Um, you also need to look at what it is that you want as goals of your plan. So, Obviously, aligned incentives is, 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 a huge, is a huge thing, but it's not the only thing. And aligned incentives may not be just quality measures and, and production, but it met, you want to make sure that whatever the culture of your organization is, that your compensation plan is in line with that culture. So, for instance, if you want your practice to take all comers. You don't want them, the doctors to discriminate on, on uh, patients relative to payer mix, but you pay based on collections, you, 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 you may have a misalignment in that plan, okay? Mm-hmm. Because then you get the doctors fighting over, you know, who has the best insurance, okay? Or they don't want to take Medicaid patients. So, those are, those are issues in terms of that culture. Um, one of my favorite sayings, I, don't, I forget where I read it to or I, I, I attribute it, but I'm going to steal it, is that compensation plans eat culture for lunch. 
you know, you may say this is what your culture is, but if your compensation is, is something else, the behavior is probably aligned with the, with the compensation plan, and therefore your culture isn't what you think it is. That's really interesting. Um, I would not have necessarily made that connection. So um, it's, it's a, a different way to look at, at things, I think, um, for many people maybe. Um, if you decide um, that, you, that your compensation plan is what needs to be changed, um, what are some of the steps that um, you should take in order to make those changes? What are some of the things you want to make sure that you're doing before you, you instigate the change? The first thing I, the first thing I do is benchmark my comp- compensation. So, uh, depending on you know, if people have, you know, you've pretty much everybody's heard the the saying: if you've seen one compensation plan, you've seen one. Um, you know, you the, virtually every practice and every organization uh, in the country has at least one different comp plan. Um, many have. I've seen organizations that effectively had. 20 or 30 compensation plans within one organization. It's, it's, so you need to sit down, look at how your compensation plan works and benchmark it against other physicians uh, in that specialty. Obviously the MGMA data is, is the starting point for that. Uh, the data dive provides uh, great benchmarks for most special, almost every specialty. Um, for, for this for this comparison, personally, I always use national data for this comparison. A lot of places are tempted to do it regionally, mm-hmm. and that's okay, depending on what it is. Again, your culture. Um, I do it nationally for two reasons. One is the largest data. It's the largest data set. So the more esoteric the specialty. If you're looking family practice, you have a huge um, data set to choose from. If you're looking at pediatric endocrinology, it's much smaller. So the, the more data you have within the survey, the better, the more stable the data is. So that's one reason I use the national data. The other is most practices, most organizations are recruiting nationally. So, um, you know, you may be in the Southeast, but you may be recruiting doctors from the West Coast. So, you know, look at, I, I recommend looking at data nationally for, for, for those reasons. The second thing to do is to sit down and do, that we do, probably the, when we start a project, the first thing we do is collect the data and do that data analysis and benchmarking. The second thing that we do is uh, face-to-face interviews, one-on-one interviews with physicians. And we go through and ask them, what do you like about the comp plan that you have? What do you don't like about the comp plan? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the things that are, are drop-dead issues? In other words, if we changed X, you would leave. Okay? So you know you don't want to mess with those things or you want to incorporate that into your, your plan. Um, and Obviously, you're doing that with the physicians, but you're also doing it with your board members or you're doing it with other key stakeholders in the practice um, to say, okay, you know, the doctors may like the plan, but it's not consistent with where the board is trying to take the the organization. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you got to make sure you take all that into account. 
and then sit down and start trying to, to, to piece it all together. Uh, comp plans are a puzzle. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's trying to figure out what is that you're, that, that, that you can, uh, that you want to accomplish, what measures, how do you design it to meet those things, and then absolutely, finally test it against unintended consequences. Every plan has unintended consequences. So make sure, okay, we're going from a salary to a pure RVU system. Okay, what are the unintended consequences of that? Well, maybe nobody wants to go to the medical staff meeting anymore. Maybe nobody wants to serve on hospital committees anymore because you know, they're not being paid for those things. So you need to look, at, look for those unintended consequences to make sure. And that you'll always discover them after the fact. But sure. the more time and energy you put into looking for it up front, the more likely you are to, to not be surprised or you reduce the likelihood of being surprised by them later. Yeah. And so, um, sort of along those same lines, is um, what do you do if maybe your your new compensation plan is going to reduce compensation for certain doctors? Um, how do you work with them? Because nobody wants to to get paid less. Yep. So what nobody you... likes a, likes a, nobody likes a pay cut. So you know every organization is different, um, and it depends on why that is, right? Uh, you may have a situation where um, where the reason why you're changing is because your doctors aren't productive and you have some doctors who don't want to be productive. Well, that gets into an issue of um, positive turnover, uh, potentially, to be able to say, okay, well, maybe it's time for that doctor to go find someplace else to go and we'll go hire somebody to come in here and, and, and replace them that, that wants to meet our expectations. Um, that's an extreme, uh, which most, most organizations don't want to go that far, mm-hmm. or um, they certainly want to give those doctors an opportunity. But, if, but you, you have to be careful that you're not putting your organization uh, at risk for non-production, non-productive physicians. So you don't want to say, oops, well, that doctor doesn't want, to, doesn't want to play, so I guess we'll just scrap the comp plan or scrap what we're doing. Well, that, that, that could be a, a, a death knell for your practice, right, if, mm-hmm. if, if uh, increasing production is critical to your long-term success. Uh, but in the interim, or a, a, a what I've used in the past is set up, say, a one-year bridge, okay, as a transition from one, one plan to the next, where you say, okay, doc, here's what, here's, here's, and obviously what you're going to do up front is you're going to model your plan. So when you sit down to the doctor and you say, okay, well, this is our new plan, and this is the outcome for you, and oops, you're going to take a 10% cut in pay. Okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to continue your salary or your draw for that year. And as long as your production doesn't decrease, you'll get that, that uh, you'll maintain your income for one year. But in the interim, we're going to help you try to improve your efficiency in your practice 
to try and get your production up so that you can meet those goals. Um, not every group can do that because they may not have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen that very successfully done with uh, integrated delivery systems. And some practices will say, well, we'll take this hit in the short term and just recognize it as a, as a long term, as a, as a, as a, uh, a cost of making the transition that we'll earn back in the long run. That's a, that's great advice. Um, so I want to turn to uh, sort of larger trends um, with MACRA and other regulations um, coming into play. Are you seeing um, a lot of practices starting to change their compensation models um, because of that? And would, is that something that you would recommend? Yeah, we, what we have seen probably for around the last five years or so is a trend away from pure RVU or WRVU production-based comp plans to plans that include uh, other factors. Usually, one of those factors would be a quality-based incentive, which is a macro, based on macro. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and then the other is, is what, what I call a citizenship incentive. Okay, and what the citizenship incentive to me, the citizenship incentive recognizes there's a part of being a doctor that's other than just seeing patients. Mm. Um, These are uh, another term for this is professional responsibility. Mm -hmm. So this kind of gets away from the issues of, well, if you just pay me RVUs, I'm not going to go to the medical staff meeting or I'm not going to participate on hospital committees Mm -hmm. or, you know, well, I'm not, it's not important for me to get my charts done on time. Okay. Those are, those are just a part of the job. Okay. And so a lot of times we'll set those up as a negative. Okay. So maybe 10% of their compensation is at risk for, for not doing the professional part of their job. Okay. And that 10% of that money goes back in the pool for the guys that are doing their job because they're probably having to pick up the, the slack for those doctors, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is, is probably then up to another 10% on the macro side or on the quality side. And, again, um, you know, some of that is a part of the job, Okay. The question is, you know, are you doing what everybody does to get paid for that? In other words, um, if you have to meet certain patient satisfaction scores to maintain or Medicare is going to take away the, the payment, uh, part of your, your, your payment, then it should be a negative. If what you're doing is something that is above the norm, and you're eligible for extra payment, then that should be extra money in terms of compensation for the doctors. Okay. Um, most practices when they, as they make a change from one to, to, to implement these new uh, incentives, um, we don't recommend that they make a change of more than 10, 10% of the physician's compensation at a time, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is 
uh, that's kind of where the level is is people start getting really worried, right? That mm. you're really take oh my gosh, this is I'm not going to be able to make my mortgage payment. Right. So, um, you know, I wouldn't look at. We certainly don't recommend people going in and making a change to 25 or 30 percent of a doctor's compensation. Now, you may long term say we want 30 percent to be based on macro, but you're going to want to take several years to get there. If practices haven't started making some of these changes, uh, would you recommend that they do that? Or do you think it's really um, more dependent on other factors? It really is situation dependent. Um, you know, it, again, you get back to whether the behavior of the physicians matches what your goals and objectives are. So some places where they're, where they, uh, some, some practices will be going through this process and it's, macro is just not as big a deal to them, you know, based on their payer mix, based on what, where they are, um, you know, in their performance. And so it's not, you know, again, you can be too proactive in this process. I'm not saying you should be totally reactive, but again, depending on what's going on in your practice, for instance, if you're in the middle of a, of a, a computer system change, you don't want to be changing your comp plan. Sure. Okay. It's too much change at one time and, and too many things, of the comp, you know, people will be uh, uncertain enough about other things that are going on that you don't want to pick this. Mm-hmm. At other times, you know, this may or, or issues related to compensation can be the biggest thing that's going on in your practice. Can be the biggest dissatisfier. Um, you could be um, at risk of losing a large number of your physicians based on this. You need to get on it right away and and be addressing the things that are are. Um, are the highest priority. Well, we've covered a lot of really great information already. Um, is there anything else that you would want to add or make sure that people are thinking about in regards to compensation plans? The only thing I can, I can is I remember many years when I was first a member of MGMA uh, that people would say there are two things that put a, an administrator's job at risk, changing computer systems and changing compensation plans. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Because they have a huge impact on the physicians. Both of those issues have huge impacts on the physicians. Um, and I can tell you when I got, whenever I got in the situation where I needed to make a major change to my, my compensation plan, I engaged a consultant. Um, and the reason was not that I couldn't do it myself or I didn't have enough knowledge to do it. It was just that we needed a third party to come in there and be the focus of it, a third party to come in and bring that third party perspective to the process, but also the third party to be the focus of that change as opposed to the administrator being the focus. So that that doctor that has his pay cut, it's the consultant's fault. It's not the administrator's fault. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and, it, you know, I mean, it, it's it's significant. It's politically significant. Uh, and it's something I would absolutely recommend, whether you choose MGMA's consulting group or somebody else to do it. I definitely recommend that if you are serious about changing comp plans, 
you need some you need help great well thank you so much for taking the time to talk this is a really um, informative conversation my pleasure anytime for more information about how to evaluate and improve your compensation plans check out our episode page at mgma.org podcasts hey listeners before we go i just wanted to ask you to help us out by taking a short survey your feedback will help us improve the podcast and make sure we are covering the topics you care about to take the survey, please visit mgma.org slash podcast survey. Thanks for your help.